0: good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news?
1: They're dead. Ah. Ah.
0: See, a United States astro-robot become a creature of death.
1: And oh.
0: We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. New the shall be
1: finished. And welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B Movie Podcast from Classic Cults and the Cheese in Between. The movies are B, but the entertainment is Grade A, and I'm your host, Mr. Jason Jack and I'm joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Eddie. Good morning, Jay.
0: Today we've got a rarity, I think. Um, it it might be a cult classic. It might even be considered, uh, you know, so-so. But uh, we're going to do the Hand from 1981.
1: And we'll get to it right after this.
0: You think I've done something wrong, don't you? Uh-huh. Terror he could not forget. You think there's something in there, don't you? Torment he could not bear. You want to see? Truth he would not face.
1: Hey! Take a
0: look. Orion Pictures presents Michael Kane in. The hand. You don't want me to go to New York with you, do
1: you? I'm not talking about a separation or anything permanent or anything like that. I thought you understood that. I thought that was why you said. Well, that I could...
0: we obviously do not understand each other.
1: Look out! Ah! Get back! How does it feel?
0: i is still there. My fingers. I've been moving. You'll have phantom feelings for years heat irritation pain your memory is still feeding familiar sensations of having a hand along your nerve endings what have you been doing during these blackouts misplacing things i'd be scared if i were you did you see my signet ring
1: no are you all right oh yes you never know what you can do the unconscious is capable of anything you could do anything you ever dreamed of and never had the guts to do hi i like
0: the way you look at me
1: Blackouts are nothing to fool with. You could kill somebody. Ah! It's all up there. And you'll never know.
0: Know what? Who you are? Don't <laughs> be afraid of the pain. I... Tell me what you're feeling. You're trying to kill me, aren't you? Sense it. Feel it. Touch it. You wanna destroy me? What is your image? A man trapped in a nightmare the grass ball the hand No, oh, john 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 what's the matter why are you looking at me like that there's no hand <sighs>
1: The hand was released April twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one, with a hundred and four minute running time. Uh, your budget here is reported to be about six and a half million dollars Canadian, uh, with your box office in the U S. about two point four million. Uh, some of the numbers again, like again, this is nineteen eighty one dollars, so conversions and worldwide and stuff. Um, you know, always kind of a little. Yeah, Canada's Canada's money
0: uh, to the United States either fluctuates by twenty cents on a dollar either way all the time.
1: Right. So and your director and writer is Oliver Stone. Now, this is Oliver Stone's second film. Um, this is the first one he made at a major studio. Um, and this is long before Oliver Stone became Oliver Stone, uh, you know, uh, where he would wind up going on to direct, uh, you know, many movies that are nominated Academy Awards and became a very influential director uh, that he was into the 80s and the 90s and then current. Um, your producer here was uh, Edward R. Pressman, um, and your uh, for your cinematographer was uh, King Bagot, uh, and your music was by James Horner. Now, James Horner is of yeah. course regular you know, James Horner, who does you know his music for everything else. Um, obviously, he's known for his uh, his film scores, um, including start Right around this time, he actually did uh, it was right after this was Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Um, which is you know kind of which is more recent to this. I mean right. obviously Avatar and things like that as well. But yeah, you,
0: you don't think of James Horner as being you know in the in the early 80s. I mean I, because he has a lot of scores coming in in the 90s and what have you. Yeah, well you know, he was really young. Yeah, well again I, I was surprised when I saw that. By the way, uh, you, had, you said Oliver Stone was the director here. Where he the reason he even got to direct this movie is that he was the writer. For midnight Express he wrote the script for midnight Express which became a huge hit uh, you know just uh, like three years earlier and so uh, that which he you know he he dovetailed off of that into this movie and then uh, after this one he became much more well known for his other movies yeah. but again you know, hard when, when you see the midnight express you don't realize it was Oliver stone who wrote this wrote the the screenplay for it
1: right, so your distribution company is Orion, of course. Uh, Orion, we all know, will later go on to be, you know, obviously for RoboCop and things like that. Orion is looked back upon by many people as part of the 80s. Um, And then Warner Brothers, of course, which is the major studio. Orion Pictures was not a major studio at this time. Um, Warner Brothers was, and this is the first of those. All right, so... Our story opens with John Lansdale, who's played by Michael Caine. Yes, okay. So real quick, let me just put these in here now before I forget. So this is considered one of Michael Caine's paycheck movies. Um, he said he needed to put a down payment on a garage, so he made this movie called The Hand, which a number of different people turned down. In fact, including Dustin Hoffman and stuff like that, turned down the role. Hmm. Um, the other movies that are considered to be his his paycheck movies was Ashanti in 1970, 79, excuse me, The Swarm in 78. Jaws the Revenge, 87, which everyone remembers, where you get, you know, crash into the ocean and not get wet. Blame it on Rio in 84, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure in 79, and The Island in 1980. All those are considered to be pay- paycheck movies in that he has literally said he didn't want to take them. He took those movies because he needed to pay for something.
0: Yeah, I, I remember The Island. Um
1: well, I didn't no, say the movies weren't good. No, no, no. But these are movies that he, he, he has said no to, and then's like, wait right. a minute, I need to pay for
0: something. I mean, the the Jaws movie was was a bomb, but the if I remember if I remember the Island correctly, and he is not a he is a really good actor, and so he elevates whatever you know the role he's in. He elevates the movie.
1: Uh, whether whether the movie in its enti- its entirety is any good or not. Well, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying no, these but are considered I'm... paycheck movies. He literally took a paycheck to pay for something. Yeah. No. Whether it be a vacation, yeah. whether it be whatever, he those are considered his paycheck movies, and he's been very open about the fact that he took certain movies to pay for things. Yeah. Um. So uh. And uh. So okay, where are we here? So okay, it's uh, John Lansdale, is Michael Caine is a comic book illustrator whose relationship with his uh, wife Annie, who is uh, Andrea, uh. Markovic and his daughter, Lizzie uh, is on the rocks while driving. Um, Anne and, and uh, John end up behind a slow moving truck and the, uh, an impatient driver behind them. So while they're arguing, so they're arguing because she's going to leave him. Okay. So the whole thing is this, this movie that there's, the story is not super deep here. No, no. She's looking to leave him. He's looking to just not have her leave. She wants to go to New York. He wants to stay in new England. Like and it, it's not a super, super deep story at this point, but you can pretty much feel that immediately once they're in the car, something's not going to end well here because they're arguing pretty hard while they're driving. And she's doing a really good job of not paying attention to the road. Yeah. And she's driving as slow as. Well, but she's behind the truck, which is yeah, moving I... slow. And she doesn't want to go around the truck, but she's just arguing, but she's not paying attention. That's the issue. So they. Anyway, well, then so they, you
0: also have you also have a woman driver coming up behind them that wants to pass them.
1: Yeah, that's it. A, yeah, right. and
0: and every time she tries to pull out, the woman she they're right on the right on the bumper. Right. I mean, it's a typical, you know, you know, uh, scary scene because all three of them could everybody in the truck and the two cars could everybody could die.
1: Right. So um, as they're arguing, Annie pulls out uh, too fast, and uh, so this is when John starts waving the at either the he's waving at the, the other driver to back yeah, up so that he can back drop up. back. And then his hand is out the window, which of course, as, Ann, as, and now veers back into the truck, severs his hand mm-hmm. completely, which is his drawing hand from his body, just rips the hand right off. Um, and then, so that they show that scene from a bunch. This is very 19, uh, late seventies, early eighties. We're going to show the scene from like four different angles. It's, it's the, so in the omen, They purposely show the head flipping off the body from every different angle so that when you turn away and you look back, the head is still flipping off the body. Right. That's what's happening here. The hand is still being dismembered for the third or fourth time as you look away and look back. So it's just a very classic kind of thing they would do in movies to kind of show what's actually occurring. And that was a very graphic scene. Yeah. It was done really well. So your special effects were uh, Carlo Rambaldi, Rambaldi which is, of course, the guy who we just talked about who did the special effects in uh, King Kong 76. Yes, the one who's responsible, not the one who tried to save it. Right. Um, and he had said that in this movie he had to think real small compared to real big. And I was like, wow, that's what you came up with, Carlo? Good job. Um, so, but yeah, he he's the special effects uh, for this movie. Um, and he had actually said they'd actually had 30 different hands they had to use in all different parts of the movie, there's different aspects of that, but the hands use, but he's the one who's responsible for these effects here.
0: Yeah. What, what I found here with this scene is that, I mean, the, up until this point, it's obvious that the, the wife is not happy with the idyllic life that they're living in New England because she has, she has visions of being whatever in New York. But after the hand gets knocked off, she actually, in my watching that, she actually seems happy. It happened. And, but the thing is, you don't, you don't bring a dime into the family. Now, who's going to, who's going to pay the bills? Later on, that's exactly what she says. What am I to do? How, where are we, how are we going to get things paid if you don't work? I mean, so, but, but yet, you still want to leave him in the lurch without a hand? Take the daughter with you, and adios, amigo.
1: So, ah. uh, so Lansdale has trouble um, adjusting to not having his drawing hand. Um, and uh, well, Anne deals with the guilt of having caused the accident. And this, this is when they start trying to like, they move to New York um, to the, the, well, so they don't bother getting the loft. So they're, she's talking about getting this little tiny loft in the, not a loft. I shouldn't say that. She, they end up in the loft. It's this little tiny apartment in New York. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to afford this? How am I going to do this stuff? This is all before he loses his hand. And he's like, and he's like, well, how am I supposed to be here working? Well, you're not coming with us. And it's like, okay, like, the problem is, is that as you're watching this, um, you have to keep in mind that it's 1981, which means this was written in 1979, 1980. So there's a lot of movies at this time that had a lot of these kind of same recurring themes over in them, um, which is why I said there's nothing really new, new here. Um, so at now, now you're having John starting to learn how to try to, you know, redraw with his right with his left hand. Okay. So. For those of you who know, obviously, I mean, some people know this, uh, um, Frank Fazetta had to reteach himself how to draw when he got, he, after he got, he he was unable, he was unable to draw with his right hand. He had to teach himself how to draw left handed. And his left handed work um, before he passed away looks very different than his right handed work, but it's still Fazetta. But that's what a lot of what I thought here was. As you're watching him try to like paint and do things with his left hand, it's very frustrating, obviously, because he's right handed, um, but also it allows, it, it kind of, to me, made it, had a parallel to what happened with Frazetta later on. Now, this is many, many years later. Frazetta would eventually have to do this.
0: Yeah. What the the after after he's had, I guess maybe it's about a month or so, uh, a month, maybe two months after the hand comes off, he then he, he then goes and searches for the hand in in the bushes because they never did find
1: it. Right. Well, the wife and, couldn't and, find and it. It today.
0: was more of a and it was a POV shot uh, from the hand's point of view as he's he's you know stumbling through the bushes and I thought that was that was a pretty n- neat way of doing it rather than having it looking his eyes looking down for the
1: hand right well the whole point of that is that now you're establishing that he's going insane and that the hand is not really alive and he's now it's it's although every one of those scenes wherever the hand has a POV it's him it's him it's him losing right. his mind yeah. Right. I mean, I, the thing is, the 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 like I said, there's not they're not they're not hiding that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like it's not spelled out exactly yet, but it's clear that he's losing his mind.
0: Right. But he goes to when he goes to the, they give him a prosthetic hand. Yes. And and again now now it's another couple of months later. He seems to be taking it well. I mean, when his demeanor on the screen is he's no longer he doesn't no longer seems to be frustrated, except with his wife. Yeah. And so the, that's. At this point, you don't really you don't really believe that he's losing his mind, except that his wife then keeps pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, and now the hand quote unquote uh, you know
1: takes right. over. What I'm saying anytime you see the hand, is what it's. So they move to New York, where he where his agent uh, Karen uh, Wagner wants him to co-produce the book with David uh, Maddow, uh, was played by Charles Charlie Fleischer. Um, Lansdale, however, begins to show signs of a mental breakdown um so he looks at the original he looks at what he he draws some of the pencils and this guy's supposed to ink over them but he's losing he's saying he's changing the character he's not keeping it true to who he is and the character he's talking about is is named mandro now for those of you who have a a good eye you might notice that the mandro uh, artwork is actually barry windsor smith who drew conan the barbarian which ties in because who wrote conan the barbarian 1982 that'd be oliver stone so that's where uh, he was writing for Conan the Barbarian in 1982. Yeah. So um, and, and
0: the, this is now you, this is the uh, the surrogate writer that has now changed the artist. Yes, the artist. And so when the artist changes Mandro, uh, and, and, and into something that uh, that uh, uh, Lansdale he thinks is absolute heresy, he's making him a uh, he he's made him into a king without a queen, and that that's that right, I yeah. think really you know, hits, hits him because that's his exact situation at home.
1: Right. Well, it's also too, he's changing the idea that Mandro doesn't think he just acts. He doesn't have feeling. He doesn't. The, so the difference is for those of you who read your Conan stuff, um, it's the idea of having Conan just being the barbarian who goes and does, you know, plumage and pillars and whatever, right. instead of like King Cull who actually thinks and does things properly and whatever. Um, be that as it may, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that part of it is there. But the whole idea is that no matter what he's doing, it's he's losing who he is because yeah. as he's drawing this, this other person's not just inking, this person's changing, changing. and putting thought bubbles in and, and there should and, be no and, thought bubbles. No and, if,
0: and if he wasn't if he wasn't starting to get the deliriously crazy, his wife just goes even further uh, into into her. Like her life is now more important than his. And you wish that I mean, to be perfectly honest, you wish that the hand would kill her.
1: Right. Well, but that's the whole point. You're supposed yeah, no, to hear. I, her. Yes. You're supposed to hear. But her. I'm saying,
0: I'm I'm looking at the and I'm saying, okay. I hope it doesn't happen at the very end. But let's get this woman out of this right. movie.
1: Right. Well. So the whole thing is though, she's now studying yoga with um this guy uh you know what I forgot his name um Brian right yeah, yeah. all right um pretty and, boy yeah well but he's a he's a yogi that's what he is so um and so that so she's studying that and she thinks this is going to be her way. Of, I mean, she's basically just sleeping with him. And I mean, it's not even there. There's not even subtext folks. It's text. It's, it like might. literally ex- except watching them sleep together. It's clearly text that she's sleeping with him. Um, but the whole point is, is that uh, she's now, you know, she's going to be independent of this and she can, and that she's going to live her life and do what she wants to do, which is fine. But the problem is you're the one who, you know, la- lopped your husband's hand clean off, which is how you make a living where everything's being paid for. Right. Um, Anyway, uh, that aside, um, where are we here? So uh, Lansdale, of course, uh, okay, so yeah, so so they, okay. So they, uh, Maddow uh, changes everything. Uh, They have the argument, Karen fires Lansdale, um, and then what happened after he has now marked up all the originals, he's now gone through them all. Now he's asked his daughter, did she do it with the marker? And we know that it's the hand, quote-unquote, doing it. But the hand is him, and it's him doing it during his subconscious. Like, at this point, if you haven't figured out that, like, when the hand mm. does something, it's him, mm. I don't know what movie you're watching because it's it's on the nose. Um, but it's there. Anyway, so where are we... Okay, so he loses it. Okay, so this is the point where he loses his signet ring. Um, and Anne is unable to cope with his erratic behavior. Um, and this is when... Um, he he storms out of the apartment and then we run into the homeless man on the street, which is Oliver Stone, um, in an extended role. Here is actually his first full time his first first full role in a movie where he got credit. He was in uh, the first movie as well. Um, and of course, now uh, as he as he storms away from the man, uh, the homeless man who's begging for money, the hand comes back and murders him. And at, again, at this point, folks, if you're thinking like it's still a hand, like it's yeah. it's clearly it, it's him coming back and killing him. So uh, Lansdale begins having hallucinations uh, about inanimate objects. Um, like the hand is actually part of the, the shower faucet, right. which we oh. would see again. That, that, was, maybe, that was a really good effect. Right. But again, it's being used over and over again in other places as well. Same, yeah. So, um, But well, yeah. now, now the thing is,
0: he's, he's, his thoughts uh, are of are, are killing his wife are now entering his mind.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. starting to take over. Right. So like we said, folks, this is where you can clearly see that he's starting to lose it. He's like it's his his grip on reality is getting less and less tenuous as we go. So, um, uh, OK, so he, he winds up going to actually teach at a small community college in California, which has offered him a job. Um, at, at, and so now um, Lansdale. Uh, oh, no, not Brian. I called the guy Brian before. That wasn't his name. I don't, I don't. It's the wrong name. Brian's the Brian's the guy at the college. Um, doesn't matter anyway. So I had the wrong name on the Yogi, the guy who's the Yogi. I don't remember his name, but he's a jerk. So that's really, what's all it matters. He's a pretty boy. Well, but I don't, yeah. So anyway, so, um, a suggestion of, um, his friend, Lansdale rents the cabin, which is right off of the campus. And he's teaching cartoon. He's teaching a cartooning class.
0: Yeah.
1: Now the problem is he's teaching a cartooning class and, I mean, I'm not saying that these people in that room might not have looked like people in 1981 who want to take a cartooning class, but no one in that room is going to be able to draw a cartoon in that class. I'm just saying.
0: Well, they would, They look like to be the most bored. They, they, they've taken the class probably instead of taking some one that they know they'll fail. And you take a class
1: like this, one for the enjoyment and, and for the fun of it. Well, I think part of it, the, they all look like they're taking it because they want to see the guy with one hand. Yeah. It, yeah. You, it, like it's, it's for the freak show aspect because he, of it. Because even when he asks a question, you know, they, they, yeah, they don't have, they don't have a clue. They, they don't, they don't have a favorite comic strip. They have no idea. Yeah. They have no clue. Like literally cannot be any more bored of this. And I'm I mean, like, why I, are you taking this that, class? That, that's what
0: I'm saying. That's the next question. And you see it on his face when he, when he realizes that they, they don't want to be there. He he doesn't ask. Right. Then why are you here? Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, while well, the majority of students, uh, fail to show interest in comic books at all, uh, Stella, who is played by Annie Mc, uh, uh, Mc, Mc uh, try it again, McRow, um, takes a personal interest in him, and she comes over, and now she's, she's coming over basically to sleep with him. I mean, that's really what she's trying to do. So she's going to sleep with him to make sure she gets a good grade in her class because she wants to be a student forever. She doesn't right. actually want to do anything. I, her character is really thin. <laughs> I mean, she's there. But I understand why she's there, but her character is so thin, and she's so annoying. The the problem is, and and I, I'm not trying to, you know, again, I've never written a movie that's been made, right? I'm not Oliver Stone, but except for Lansdale, there's not one likable character in the yeah. entire movie. The movie, and you know he's the killer, and that's the guy you're rooting for. <laughs> well, but there's no one you
0: like. Well, Who so, can you like? The whole the whole scenes the whole scenes of uh, the sex with the, with her, um, is nothing nothing good happens out of
1: all of that you're right you know but i understand that's and, not saying it but it's like it's so like he, he, it's not written like she cares at all because she doesn't no one cares everyone has an ulterior motive everyone has a different agenda the only people you like in the movie are the are lansdale and his daughter his daughter you know because she's a little kid girl, yeah. right but that's it so so a little kid who you're supposed to like and the guy who's the killer in the entire movie. Those are the only two likable characters. Everyone else could die, and you're like, I don't I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, with the st-
0: the story goes uh, Lansdale has a quote friend at the bar, okay, who so su- is, suppo- right, is supposedly uh, another professor. Another professor, but is also interested in this in this
1: girl and she's interested in him. And Oh, well, no. Hang on. Just slow down. No, 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 no. He's interested in sleeping with her. She's interested in leading him on, so he continues to give her whatever she wants because oh, he's right. a professor at the college and keeps giving her passing grades. Right. So she'll never sleep with him, but she's going to sleep with Lansdale because she can get something more out of it. That's what I'm saying. The entire character is yeah. just... You, you just don't like the character I at just, all. I just think the sex scenes were thrown in just for the titillation. Well, well but, but and, be, and, be that as it may, Dad, whatever. Uh, the whole point is she does nothing redeeming in the scenes when right, she has
0: her clothes on. Right, and but it doesn't. So, but it doesn't move the story. For Lansdale,
1: one iota. It's just a diversion. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, okay. So they have. Uh, so now Lansdale and still have a romantic relationship, um, but then she says. That she's going to go to L.A. for a two-week vacation, um, and that, and then Lansdale uh, is like, well, I'm not going to – I wasn't planning on going to L.A. She goes, well, I don't want you to go to L.A. I have friends in L.A. And making it very clear that this relationship they have means nothing to her. She's just really using him, too, implying that she's going to California with Brian. So he's gonna pay for everything, and then she's gonna stand him up, which is what she does, um, not because of her fault, but it winds up happening. She's not there, um, but that's when he uh, Lansdale gives her the the Christmas present, which is the the, the nighty, mm, right? And then of course the hand then kills her, um, which of course is him killing her. And then the wife and daughter show up because they're coming in and now the wife finds that the the, the nighty thinking it's for her and he's like, yeah, it's for you. It clearly says Annie on the outside of the box, though, right? right? Like the wife is so oblivious to everything that she can't possibly see that it doesn't say her name on it. Um, but be that as it may, the whole thing is that now what's happening is you it's its so clear that he is unraveling at the hinges. Like he is coming apart at the seams. Like his, everything's starting to spiral out of control. Everything's he's he's now at the point where, um, you know he's now killed the girl he's sleeping with. He's killed the homeless guy before. He's killed everything, and now he wants to kill his wife, and he's going to wind up having it. And so now, when confronted by Brian in the bar, who's drunk and accuses him of sleeping with her, he lies about sleeping with with Annie, and then uh, with um, um Stella. Excuse me, not Annie. Uh, and then so what happens is then. He confronts him. He confronts him he runs him off the road, and then he kills him on the road. He just kills him, right? I mean, the sorry, the hand kills him, right? And so now he's now killed him. So now we get to back to now we're back at the uh, after the wife has gone out to the store and come back. Lansdale is basically killing her, and the daughter walks in and says, "Stop, stop! You're hurting mommy, right?" And he's like, "No, no, I'm not. There was someone here." So the daughter calls 911. Of course, the cops show up, and this is where we have the big reveal in the the fight that well the fight scene that happens in the garage, which actually took over three days to film, because he's fighting with no one, right? Right. So he has to fight himself. Um, and for those of you wrestling fans, know it like wrestling a match with a broomstick. That's basically yeah. what you're doing here. Um, but that whole scene is, I mean, it, I, I'm glad that's where the movie ends. That, that 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 doesn't try to go on and explain it any further because it literally needs no further. So the cops come in. They go, don't you smell that? He's like, smell what? And he opens up the the uh, the, um, the freezer, freezer, right? And what's in there? But there's two bodies, the two bodies of the 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 girl and the guy and, and Brian. They're mm. both in there, and the wife's you know been choked out upstairs. And clearly, he's been insane the whole time. And then he now realizes is now through his hallucinations, he now sees clearly him killing all of the people. Um. So the the, the thing is, they now, of course. But I'm saying it's like, so that's, I like how that ends there, but then they take him to the asylum, right? Which makes sense where he's able to, um, well, so, okay. So at the asylum, the it's uh, um, Vivica Lindsworth is trying to communicate with him. Um, and he, he has to understand that it's him, not the severed hand that killed all these people. Um, and then he said that the hand wants to kill her because it hates her. And then suddenly uh, the hand appears and starts choking her but he's now been, he's actually now um, taken over the essence of hand and he's able to start, he's able to loosen the restraints because one of his hands is now not restrained. Right. So I get it. He's only got one hand, but you tied the other one down. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just throwing it yeah. out there. Look, if you learned nothing from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, you got to strap the guy down because oh. if he doesn't, he's going to get out. So um, yeah. These chains are not made of chrome steel. Yeah. Well, okay. so the problem is, as I say, the problem, this movie. Uh, is again, it's very early. Obviously, it's the very beginning of um, uh, the Oliver Stone, and it's kind of looked back upon as like, oh, it's that movie he made back then, right? right. But everyone needs to start somewhere, and this is a movie he wrote and directed. And he's, you know, uh, Oliver Stone is a uh, weird duck. I think best way to describe it. If you ever hear him speak, or even when he like, even when he's like doing an interview in print. You're like, did he actually say the words in this order? He's not like, yeah. he's kind of off. Um, and there's actually on the dot on the DVD, the Blu-ray, excuse me. There's there's a uh, uh, an interview with him, which yeah, that that it's
0: it's amazing. Yeah, I think it's twenty minutes long, and uh, he just rambles on. But he talks about the hand, and he was he was not he. Let's put it this way: he did not like the hand after he made it, and for years he was you know, he never didn't want to talk about it. But then, like I said in the beginning, this thing has become a, has, has gotten to be a cult classic. And, you know, again, as a movie, it's probably a C. Yeah. And, and and because it does have decent effects and Kane does elevate the, the story, but, this is not a, a, a Thespian classic right. by any stretch of the imagination. And
1: like we said, Carlo Rombaldi is responsible for the special effects. Stan Winston actually did work on this film as well. A very, very young Stan Winston worked right. on the film as well to do some of the uh, the makeups and stuff like that as well. But he's not – this is not a Stan Winston – movie yeah.
0: you know there was again i i'm not remember it, it i wonder if it's called the hands of Orlock. i I don't yep. think so yep but there was another one with Peter Lorre.
1: yes yeah. so the hands of orlock is or, the and one? the beast he's with Pia, five fingers
0: oh the beast with five fingers. Right. he's a he's a pianist
1: yeah yeah so that so this is considered to be an unofficial uh remake now the hands of orlock is conrad vert um, yeah. Which is uh, you know Conrad Vert from the Cabinet Doctor Calgary and stuff like that, and then um, but this is considered to be tech, like not officially a sequel but kind of like a reimagining or a uh, you know unofficial kind of like you know right. retake on this The Beast with Five Fingers um, was 1946, right. um, And that's a, a Curtis uh, Mark um, screenplay. Um, the um, the thing is that. This movie kind it, it, of, it's 1981. This movie feels out of place in 1981. 1981, what are we talking about? Maniac, we're talking about uh, Friday the 13th. We're talking about like the horror movies were different. I mean, you're coming off of The Howling. You're right before mm-hmm. The Thing. You're right before American Werewolf in London. Now, you're saying, Jay, you're naming top-end movies. I get it. That's why this movie is not remembered because in a time when horror movies were like no joke, right? Like people put stuff on the screen. Again, the effects in this movie are totally fine. Are they on a par with Friday the 13th and Tom Savini? Not even close. Right. Is, is this on the par with like the prowler or a maniac or where Savini was making like the most realistic looking blood and gore you've ever seen. No, but that's part of the problem. Even though Michael Caine's a good actor and he, Michael Caine is is clearly the best actor in this movie. Like, it's not even like your question. Like, I wonder if someone, uh, he clearly is the guy who's like, Doing this for money because he's not doing this because he's like, hey, this is unless he had written the story, which he didn't, you wouldn't think like, why would he be in this film? So that's what I'm saying. But part of the issue is that this movie kind of fits in a weird time. If it had been several years earlier, it might have been okay. You had a hit Mm. before. See, I'm not even talking about movies like The Omen and The Exorcist and stuff like that, but because those movies were dealing with the devil and things it's totally different but like just someone killing somebody i mean we saw people kill people kill people in a more convincing way on film that year you know i mean we i mean even friday the 13th part 2 the yeah. kills in that are more convincing sometimes than what's here because again and i understand it's supposed to be psychological and it's like whatever but it's just it's it it's, there's you're not guessing there's no, there's right. no who's who right. done it. Yeah, like right. you know who done it. Yeah, it's it's Michael Caine. He's doing it the whole damn time. You know, kind of thing. So, um. yeah, I, I looked at this as I, if it wasn't
0: for Oliver Stone's direction. Yeah, this movie. And lost. Michael Caine being mm-hmm. the actor. You never. If this heard of had movie. been Johnny Jones writing it and 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 Bill Smith with the actors. We would not be doing this movie right now.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason we did this, folks, and and this movie came out finally on Blu-ray. The the Blu-ray came out this year, um, and I actually picked it up for Dad for Father's Day. And I was like, because it's one of the movies that we had. Now, it came out on VHS way back, I want to say in like 2017. Not VHS, uh, DVD. DVD, and it was like a limited thing and whatever. Um, the, the Blu-ray looks good. I mean, they cleaned yeah. it up. They did a good job with it. Because all the stuff is there, so it's available. But it's one of those movies when it came out, like, oh, I got to pre-order this, and you're thinking like, but if you don't love it, I'm like, yes. But this is a movie that has been not available for so long that I really, like, oh, I got to make sure I grab this thing on on Blu-ray so I have a, the best. This is the best it's ever going to look. Right, it's not like this movie is going to get better somehow with some other restoration. This is the best this movie is going to look. And for you know, for the fourteen, fifteen dollars, whatever it runs on Blu-ray, if you've never seen it and you're interested in this, it's worth it checking out because again, it's not available a whole lot of other places, especially since it's Oliver Stone and produced by Warner Brothers. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why we're covering it here because it was just you know. It came out, and we we're like, "Oh, okay, this is a new, a new release of something that we hadn't seen in a long time." And I wanted to make sure we talked about it. So, um, the other thing is, uh, um, as we when we were talking about this, the uh, Oliver Stone and Michael Caine actually became really good friends during this movie. And yet, Michael Caine never appeared in an Oliver Stone movie ever again. Yeah. Right. No, but they well, they no no. But I'm saying they met. They didn't know each other beforehand. They met each other on the on the thing. They became really good friends. They said they're actually great friends, but he's never acted in another Oliver Stone movie ever again. Now, Oliver Stone movies don't really lend themselves to Michael Caine very well all the time, but let's face it, Michael Caine made a lot of movies in the 80s. He yeah. very easily could have been a small part as a general somewhere or as a, a lawyer somewhere or as a whatever in one of his movies, but he never made another movie with them, even though they're supposedly really good friends. Which I think is really funny because he's like, look, we made The Hand. Let's not ruin our friendship with another one of these. You know like, I, mean, I
0: mean, think some of the movies that, uh, that Stone made, what like Platoon.
1: No, no, but, okay, and, and but, like, it, Born on the Fourth of July, he could have been a lawyer, well, right? Yeah. Okay, or in, um, I mean, I know some people don't love it, but Natural Born Killers, which is, the like it's, I, like, a, it's right. like an acid trip. But, like, Michael Caine could have been the guy on yes. TV doing the, he could have been a very small role, a one-day in-and-out yeah. hitter kind of thing, but he never did it again, which oh, is kind you know, of funny.
0: Small roles may not pay for another garage. No, but but literally a, but
1: a voiceover is a telephone call. Yeah. It's all that has to be. You don't have to even be there to do yeah. it. And it's just I just thought it was kind of funny that they're they're supposedly really good friends, but they never did another movie together. Anyway, so folks, that's the hand. Do you remember seeing the hand? Did you see this when it came out? Because I'm betting a whole lot of people didn't. It only made two and a two and a half million dollars on a f- four and a half million dollar budget. Um but again uh, like I said, this is kicking off October. Now, we, again, in September, Dad and I talked about Kong 76 and its 45th. Uh, the Hand is celebrating its 40th anniversary. Um, and during October, we like to, you know, pull, at the end of the month, we try to go with a monster movie at the end. Um, now, we're talking, at the end of this month, we're going to talk about Monster on the Campus, a movie that actually has been actually requested because people want us to finish up the box set oh. that has monolith monsters that's coming down the line and monster on the campus so we're going to talk about monster on the campus that is what we're going to talk about on halloween um also remember folks coming forward uh, obviously we're going to have our usual stuff you know in december when we hit a christmas movie in there and we'll talk about um anything that has to do with that and then our usual end of the year craziness uh on new Year's. all that stuff is coming and Dad and I will be coming back to the dark room in the new year. Uh, There'll be no more dark room episodes this year. I know some people have really enjoyed the dark room episodes, especially episode number three. Um, We've been, we're going to hit that again, come back to that in the new year where we're going to go through them because there's only seven dark rooms. It's not like you have to blow through, you know, this as fast as possible. So, all right folks. So I think we're good with the hand, right dad. Okay. So uh, until we see you at the end of the month for Halloween, where we, where we cover uh, the monster on the campus, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at two twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes, Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jackanetti, And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.
0: There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?